Hi, this is Lynn Hancock from Yoga Story, and the podcast today is going to be about the top five mistakes that I made as a new yoga teacher and a new personal trainer. So if you know me, you know that I spent 10 years working a corporate job and decided uh, with the help of a very supportive and encouraging partner that I was going to chase a dream. I was going to go and be a yoga teacher and get a personal training certification so that I could help other people on their health and fitness wellness goals. Um, And today I wanted to go through the top five things that looking back, it's been five years now this month that I did this. Uh, The top five things that I feel like um, were the biggest mistakes that I made. And some of those mistakes actually ended up having a positive outcome. Um, Not everything that is negative has um, a completely negative impact. Some of it actually comes out for good, although I feel like I could have gotten those good things in a different way. Uh, So I... um, The very first thing that I wanted to touch on, the first mistake is I lived in self-doubt and developed this imposter syndrome. So having a little bit of doubt can sometimes push you to be better, but I lived there. I dwelled there. I felt constantly insecure and I developed what uh, we call imposter syndrome. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like I wasn't truly Um, a yoga teacher or a personal trainer, even though I went through the requirements to do so. And one of the reasons why was I had lived a lot of my life um, for really no good reason, just not feeling good enough. And it became really crippling. And part of um, what was going on at the time when I got through with my 200 hour yoga teacher training was 200 hour trainings were becoming more and more popular and more and more people were doing them and not all of them were good teacher trainings. Fortunately, I found a really good one. And so there was a lot of criticism coming from people who were um, trained in a more quote unquote old school type of way. Um, And there was a lot of negativity about 200 hour teacher trainers weren't good enough and they needed to be doing years and years worth of intern work and um, they needed to have years and years worth of education before they even uh, were able to teach an asana class, which is interesting because we don't require that of any other fields unless they're in the medical or um, therapeutic type of fields. And so we were putting some sort of requirements arbitrarily on yoga teachers when the demand for them were so, so high. And so instead of having this encouraging atmosphere in the yoga community, I felt like I saw a lot of negativity around 200-hour yoga teachers, which fortunately, I feel like that is starting to shift a little bit with a few exceptions. But that meant that I really set out to prove myself, which became a positive. Um, Unfortunately, the first, the negatives were that my classes were hard and fast. So that meant that I really pushed my students. I really felt like I needed to establish myself as a really hard, challenging teacher. And not all of my classes were very intuitive or were looking at what my students' bodies could do. Instead, I just pushed and pushed and pushed. But that meant that I also set out to prove myself. It meant I worked really hard to gain that confidence that I was really lacking. 
I um, plunged myself in education, um, which benefited me in the long run. I um, went to great anatomy courses and really gained the knowledge that I felt like I was lacking. Now, the second big mistake really feeds in from the first one, and that was I didn't protect my energy. Because I was living in this self-doubt and I had developed this imposter syndrome, I said yes to positively everything. <laughs> I worked my tail off. It helped me. Yes, this is one of those that had some positives because it helped me become established. A lot of people began to know who I was. I had a lot of requests. But that meant I said yes, like I said, to everything, low-paying jobs, classes I wasn't interested in, clients who weren't very, um, they weren't just jiving with me. They weren't the type of folks that I really wanted to train. But I said yes. I said yes, 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 yes to everything because I was also living in this place where I believed that scarcity equaled abundance abundance and that is rampant in our society that you have to work yourself to the bone in order to create abundance in your life and that resulted in me burning out really quickly I actually would cancel on clients um, a lot of my early morning clients I tried as much as I could not to but I'd cancel on early morning clients I'd you know take whole days off and it wasn't because it was a planned out mental health or emotional well-being day from a place of self-care but it was because I was just so exhausted I could hardly get out of the bed um, that also meant that uh, my relationships weren't great and that was one of the reasons why I'd left my corporate job to become a yoga teacher in a personal training because I wanted to work more part-time hours as opposed to 40 plus and the <laughs> emphasis on the plus hours a week um, I wanted to be there for my young son and my husband because we were both traveling so much with our corporate jobs but because I was working from this place of scarcity thinking that it would lead to a abundance. My relationships were not good. My son was having a lot of anger issues and my husband and I just weren't connecting. Another um, result of this scarcity was that inspiration was also scarce. I really was diving into a lot of physical stuff, but it was hard for me to be, be really emotionally inspiring because I just felt emotionally drained all the time. So the third mistake that I made was I listened to the noise and let it foster competition in my heart. So there's a social media fallacy that is so predominant, and that is that good teachers have huge followers, <laughs> huge followings, lots of Instagram followers, lots of Facebook followers, and this just isn't true. There are a lot of great teachers out there that do have huge followings, but the majority of really good quality teachers don't have huge Instagram or Facebook followers. And that's because they understand that social media is a tool, but they don't let it rule their lives because there's just a lot of noise out there um, and I became very sensitive about what other people did or posted and I took it very personally um, especially people in the local area I just thought that that post was just targeted right at me and even though that's ridiculous and it may have been or not but I took it so personally and let it foster competition which is not one of my goals not one of my 
mission. So I allowed social media, instead of being a great tool to reach the people that I wanted to reach, to instead just foster ridiculous competition that wasn't even there. Um, and then I discovered the unfollow button is <laughs> such a life changer. I don't have to follow everyone. I don't have to be connected to everyone. And I just I just had a simple rule. I don't follow anyone who isn't about inspiring others, who isn't educational, or who fosters a know-it-all mentality. I just, those were not the people that resonated with me. And that's what I'm about. I'm about inspiring and education. Um, and I don't ever want to come across as knowing it all. See, doubt or mistake number one. <laughs> so I want to follow people who are about what I'm about. So I began to then narrow down who I was following on social media to follow the people, listen to the podcasts that were all about educating people who were in the um, wanting to become more fit or more healthy or get into yoga or whatever it was that was jiving with my mission. Those were the people that I started to follow. All right, mistake number four, and these are all kind of feeding into each other as you listen, you can tell. I didn't invest in self-care. And I know that seems like such a buzzword, self-care. You got to fill your cup first before you take care of other people. You can't pour from an empty cup and all those little buzz uh, sayings and buzzwords. But it's really, really, really a good thing to have a self-care regimen. When I was in a corporate job, my self-care was yoga and exercise. So when I left the corporate world to then become someone who helped other people with their self-care regimens of yoga and exercise, I let my own self-care regimen fall by the way because I thought this was great. I actually have a job where the things that I use as self-care is my full-time job. I'm going to just be like so loving and wonderful because I am self-caring all the time when in fact that those things that I used to use as self-care were no longer self-care for me and that's not a bad thing. I just did not take the time to explore other hobbies or other interests that filled me up from the inside out. Instead, I looked outside in so that I started to fill myself up from the outside with food, with drink, with different things, you know, watching TV, things that weren't going to inspire me, things that weren't going to quote unquote fill my cup. <laughs> and I just, like I said in uh, mistake number two, when I wasn't protecting my energy, I continued to operate from that place of scarcity. There was occasions when, yes, running became self-care if I was out in nature or was able to have a social time with friends, but I just did not invest more in the personal things that I needed to be doing to take care of myself personally. Okay, mistake number five. I didn't find a mentor. And this isn't something that you absolutely have to do, but I really felt looking back that that would have helped me if I actively sought out somebody who could help mentor me. Now, there were people along the way who taught me things, but I didn't actively seek a mentor who emulated the goals and missions that I had and who was also in a good place personally. So, 
I really seek those people out, whether I know them personally or not. It could be in the form of a podcast, somebody, again, who's inspirational, educational, and has the same goals or mission that I do. But I really am intentional about establishing relationships now. So mentors are not there to tell you what to do, but to give insight and encouragement because they've been there before. They've experienced the scarcity and the imposter syndrome. They've lived in self-doubt and they've come out on the other end, not bitter and burned out, but instead thriving and inspired and still living their goals and missions for their lives. But also allowing themselves to have the freedom to let those missions and those goals be flexible because those things might change from year to year. They might change after five years or they might stay the same. But someone who is a good mentor is somebody who is positive and is continuing to choose love and joy over fear. So those are the top five things, the top five biggest mistakes I feel like I made as a new yoga teacher and personal training tra- tra- trainer transitioning from a corporate job to a different world, to a different um, employment state of self-employment, of entrepreneurship, which seems so very, very scary, but has been one of the best uh, decisions that I made in my life. And it's getting better and better. I've I still experiencing experience those times in my life where I just feel like inspiration isn't coming, where I feel like I'm still living in that imposter syndrome or living in doubt or living in fear that there's just not enough. There's just not enough abundance. Um, and you just have to keep coming back to your why and why you chose in the first place to make this change. And and your goals and your missions. Why are you still doing this today? Have you have you accomplished those goals and missions? And maybe it's time to seek something else out for fulfillment from the inside out, not from the outside in. Uh, so those top five were, I lived in self-doubt and developed this imposter syndrome. I listened to the noise of social media uh, and noise that were coming from other places too and let it foster competition that just wasn't there. I didn't invest in self-care. I wasn't intentional about filling my own cup from the inside out. And I didn't find a mentor or actively seek out resources that could help foster my creativity, my inspiration, and help guide me and encourage me along the way. So uh, I do have some of those things in uh, place in my life and some great resources that I've been using um, are books. We have a great book club at Yoga Store and Anne does a fantastic job of picking out those different um, tools that help just really foster inspiration. They are so, I mean, some of these books are absolutely amazing. And even if I finished them three months after the book club book date, I still find myself like referring to them. I, I just really encourage, I feel really encouraged by those resources. Um, podcasts, I really enjoy uh, Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger, G-O-A-L, Gold Digger um, podcast. It's been one I've been binging on lately because she's just so uplifting and really has a heart to help other people. Um, And I mean, those are just two of the things that I use. Uh, uh, You know, yoga teachers, 
that I surround myself um, that are positive, that emulate the walk. Uh, they don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk as well. Um, and they don't represent like the mean girl inner critic that I have. We all have that. That's what Jenna calls it, your mean girl inner critic. Um, we all have one of those. So don't surround yourself with people who <laughs> are emulating that mean girl inner critic. You want to surround yourself with people who are going to be positive, inspiring, and uplifting as well. So that's today's podcast. Um, I'll be doing one later today um, with Susie Atkin on Reiki. So we'll have that published here um, in a couple of days as well. So look for that. And thank you so much for joining me. This is Lynn Hancock from Yoga Story.